on this month's episode of Black Girl Talks Pop. I'm also deducting half a point from each of the three earlier songs for their deception. If you're not inspired to commit to your purpose after watching Boa perform, watch another one. I enjoyed the album thoroughly, but there were no top tier hits. Hey y'all, my name is Ada Grace, and you're listening to my podcast, Black Girl Talks Pop, where I talk about pop culture and all the hits and misses in between. This month is another music haul with a twist. I'll be discussing Christian artists that are making waves in and out of the Christian music industry. I'll be reviewing the first EPs of Maverick City Music's Majesty Rose, whose music leans towards EDM, Common Hymnal's Britney Spencer, who's also an up-and-coming country music star, and 21's Minzy, who left her group so her many talents would be on full display. On my Patreon, I review the latest albums from legends in the Christian music industry. I'm going to review Nicole C. Mullins' 2011 album, Captivated, and Nicole Nordeman's 2017 album, Every Mile Mattered. I can't wait to share what I've been listening to, so let's begin. to share the music that's newish to me. The music that I've mentioned and purchased will be available in the Spotify playlist that you can find in my link tree in the description below. I first saw Majesty Bros on Maverick City Music's YouTube channel. I was trying to look for performances in which dark-skinned black women that have two black parents were not only on the thumbnail but also leading the song, because even black-led establishments like to tokenize these ladies. During my search, I saw Majesty Rose co-leading a lovely song. I love her light yet full-bodied voice, as well as the short pink bob. If the lighting of the room was better, we would see the fullness of God's goodness in Majesty Rose's life but she still shines regardless. I wanted to hear more from her, and I found that she has one EP called Bloom, which was released in 2016. I have thoughts, so let's go. Let the Flag Raise was a strong intro until it wasn't. My Blessed Assurance was bopping to the top because the beat at the beginning of the song was so good. In the song, she talks about fighting against injustice and of course, I'm on board with that. Her voice sounds sure and bold and young. Her voice has changed a bit since this project, but I love the added brightness she had in this phase. Then the EDM drop happens. I had to do like Viola and leave. I hate most EDM drops. I thought we'd lean more R&B, but this was a warning for the rest of the album. If you're not feeling what the flag raised, well... You're not going to like New People either. Like its predecessor, New People starts out strong, but then devolves into some Radio Disney anthem that I neither expected nor wanted, so I'm a little disappointed. I realized too late this EP was Christian Disney. It sounds like the very kid-centric Disney album that Disney's newest star would make for their fans. You might think the Disney Channel is helping this person's career, but we all know that the endearing classics are made by Disney's few favorite ones, 
and those usually look better and sound older because Disney knows that what kids really want is what they think teens are listening to. I was surprised by the EP sound because it came out in 2016, and according to Wikipedia, Majesty Rose was 24 then, so I'm very surprised that this is what we're doing. I'm all about making music for the family, and I think we can make songs that can actually be classics from this genre. You can make good, family-friendly songs, and in my opinion, this song didn't meet the mark. I was fully prepared to not review this project because I don't like spending too much time on musical projects that I don't like, but then I heard the song Like the Sun. This song is much better because she begins to break free from what was happening before. This song leans towards David Guetta, but it works for her. I could see this being played in a decom when the main character realizes that they change for the worse and need to make things right. And that imagery was a plus. There's production that tries to make it more EDM and that gets annoying, but I encourage you to push through. She gives us some of her lower range and I'm obsessed. I wanted to hear more of that. I also love the lower harmonies added to the chorus as well. This song felt much fuller and more mature. And I'd hate to think that some people may have heard the first two songs, neither avoided the EP entirely, or didn't finish listening to it because the songs only get better from here. How Far is a pleasant surprise. It's the second to last song, but it's the best song on the EP. I love a genre change, in my opinion. Now we're getting to learn more about Majesty Rose's artistry. This song reminds me of Bill Collins, and I'm not mad at the 80s sound I'm hearing. The song is also Majesty Rose's best vocal performance. The riffs, as well as the easy flow from head to chest voice and vice versa, give the song more depth and texture. There's less instrumentation which allows her voice to drive the song, and it's great to hear her at the front and center. I think it'll be interesting to hear her discover what genre and or instrumentation best suits her voice. Speaking of her vocal performance, I wish we heard more of her warmer tone. I'm not sure if her voice isn't super resonant or if she's singing higher than she usually does, but there were moments where her tone was very warm and velvety, and I wished I heard more of that. Last but certainly not least, there's Bloom. The moment I heard the guitar strumming, I knew this would be my favorite song. This is where her voice belongs. I want the acoustic pop or country album yesterday. This song is so relaxing and nice. You feel like you're taking a hike with her, but not in the aggressive workout way, like a cute date with a picnic kind of way. I love it. The song is short and sweet, and it's the perfect way to end this EP. Before I conclude my review of this EP, I will rank the songs and remind you what each tier means. Unfortunately, we're starting in the second worst category, which is Dive. This tier is for the songs in which I don't love what I'm hearing and I have strong feelings about it. This album is a victim of just not being my musical style in general. I wasn't expecting the EDM that defined the songs at the beginning. Let the Flag Raise is firmly in this category. Less so new people, because I expect it to be let down, so it's purely a shame on me moment. But I will have to say that the EP gets better with each track, as the third song is in the third tier. This tier, Lord Move Move Me, has the songs that I'm not sure I'll buy, but for Like the Sun, it was a definite no. 
Like the earlier tracks, this song started in the right direction, but Without You is peak David Guetta, and with the exception of a few tracks from Pentatonix, I have limited space for the DJ-driven genre. I'll have to pass, but I credit Like the Sun for keeping me interested in the EP. I will have to add that an exception is FX's album Four Walls. So good, one of the best K-pop albums, but we'll move on. This EP ends very well with songs that I'll actually buy. I place the last songs How Far in Bloom in the Autumn Go tier as I'm sure I'll play them constantly. I'll run up this section by discussing the tiers that were not used. When I call on Jesus. This is the top tier and this category is for the near perfect hits. Songs at this level are too good to be singles. These are the gems that you save for your fans because you know that they're the best ones. Unfortunately, there were no songs on this EP that met that level, in my opinion. On the other extreme, as the Lord washed away my sins, my mind has been cleansed of memory of the songs in the ocean floor tier. Not because they're bad, but because I was unable to have strong feelings about them either way. The songs on this EP are the definition of hit or miss, so fortunately nothing here is unmemorable. In conclusion, the album could have been better if we didn't have the first two songs, so we'll have to take a point off for each one. I'm also deducting half a point from each of the three earlier songs for their deception, as only the beginning of each song was really good. I didn't appreciate the lack of follow-through for what I felt would be a better artistic vision. With that said, I'll give this EP 6.5 out of 10 Pinterest picnics. I can't promise that I'll listen to the EP again, but I'll enjoy the songs I bought, and that's what matters. It was also wonderful to hear Majesty Rose's lovely voice all on her own, as she deserves. Listen to her music. If you like it, buy it and spread the word so we can get more solo releases. Please and thank you. Bye. I'm worried about Minzy. I'm sure that she can have a great solo career, but I don't know if she'll thrive alone. There are two problems, but I want to start this section by discussing the most important issue. Minzy doesn't consistently project star power. She kind of reminds me of Sierra a bit in this aspect. She's so nice that I fear she's too saved to fully hone her craft and become a legendary solo artist. I also blame the missing X Factor on her being a dancer. I think that she empathizes with her dancers a little too much. She sees them as her team members and she wants everyone to shine, but that's not necessarily how it should work. Minzy, ma'am, you're the face and leader of the team. You might be like Chunga and not want to call anyone a background dancer or vocalist, but everyone on the team is creating an atmosphere for you to shine, and that's not what's happening. Like I do when I watch Sierra, I see Minzy's performances and I'm waiting for the breakout moment that will match or even surpass the energy that she had in a previous project. For Sierra, I want to see the same mix of control, movement, and main character energy that she had during her goodies or Sierra eras. For Minzy, I want to see the sass and fire that I saw during her solo, during 21's surprise performance at the Mamas, or the easy confidence she possessed during her vocal test on the second season of Uni Slam Dunk. 
the common thread of both of these instances is that she was given the cue to shine. I worry that if there's no one around to tell her to bring it, she won't. On that cheerful note, I'd like to discuss Mindy's first album, which I'll just call Mindy Work Number One, which came out in 2017. Let's start with the title track, Me Not No, Me Not No. This was a very anticipated debut. Mindy had been mistreated by YG Entertainment and finally left the company and sadly her group 21. She was known as a talented magnate who connected the group's more eccentric members. Her incredible dancing ability allowed her to keep up with CL's vibrant stage personality. Her vocal skills rivaled and eventually surpassed Bombs. We hate to say it, but it's true. And her unique visuals gave her a mysterious allure that all the girls shared, but especially Dara, who was praised for looking like a more traditional idol in spite of dressing like her stylist hated her. YG had prevented Mindy from establishing her own brand while the other members had been allowed to do solo singles and other activities. So we were excited to see what Mindy would do when she was freed from his, I mean the company's, clutches. The debut we got was a pretty good song with a lackluster performance. Mindy could have had her own gosh in a moment, but her vocal and stage performances lacked any unique personality or storytelling. This would be the case for another song on the mini-album, but it was her feature who elevated the song and eventually stole the show. Glowsticks brought it on set, added his gloriously scratchy voice to the tune, and made the song a lot more interesting. In the MV, you can see Minzy cheering him on, as if she's the guest star. Minzy, this is your debut. Where is the urgency? Where is the killer instinct? The moments where she could have shined seemed to be edited out. My favorite parts of the video were the ones in front of the mirror. They were very reminiscent of that famous Pepsi commercial. Those scenes had the best outfit, and they seemed to be where Minzy took on her own diva persona. For some reason, the editors of the music video didn't think to give us more of that, and I have a theory as to why. Minzy is saved and wants to have a family-friendly image. I think you can do that and still share your talent. Many of Boa's songs, and Boa is not religious as far as I know, don't appear to be overtly sexual, but there's no doubt that she can sing and dance. And if you're not inspired to commit to your purpose after watching Boa perform, watch another one. If Minzy was going to have more basic dance moves when dancing with the group, I expected her to execute those moves with the excellence of a former main dancer from a legendary K-pop group. I wanted the feeling I get when I watch Miju of Lovelies, R.I.P. to Lovelies, Yoyan of SNSD, or Momo of Twice. Show me that you understand the choreographer's vision and give it your special spit. Make me think that you watched an entirely different choreography video from everyone else because you're on a different skill level. Make me think that you stuck an IV of coffee in your arm and you're ready to go. I didn't get that, and I think she failed to capitalize on an important moment in her career. The next song, Superwoman, is my favorite. I think it's her second best vocal performance and the instrumentation suits her soulful voice perfectly. Let me not know if you actually enjoy the song. The music video, or I should say live performance, is disappointing. 
The chorus is obviously the best part of the song, and Mincy does nothing with it when she performs. As someone who has a basic sense of rhythm, I was snapping and body rolling, but she doesn't seem to agree with the song as much as I hope. Then at the dance break, which is clearly where she should shine, the choreography calls for her and the dancers to pump up their fists. It's a little disconcerting as they're wearing all white, and Mindy's facial expression doesn't really change. I feel like I'm being summoned to a cult in a song that's about female empowerment. I'd like to circle back to Mindy giving us no face whatsoever. I'd expect a, you know I'm killing it right, smirk, or maybe a flirty wing, or maybe a brilliant smile that shows the joy an artist should have when they can finally express themselves. Minzy's lack of enthusiasm zaps some of the energy of the song. Maybe she was trying to be a chic girl boss and is trying to give us a fierce stage presence, but that's not the energy that she gives me. I'd rather her be the older sister that got her blowout, got a cute white outfit, and is heading out for a night on the town with her girls. I would have bought that a lot more. If there was any time to make a song a group project, it'd be this feminist anthem. King sounds like a 21 song, so it's good in my book. Because it sounds like her group could have done it, I think it gives Mindy the green light to perform her group songs by herself, like CL does. While CL was the leader and face of the group, Mindy was the heart of it, so she should take ownership of their discography and incorporate some of their songs in her live performances. I look forward to seeing it. Now let's talk about the second feature in which Minzy is outdone and outshined. Jay Park, the guy that doesn't really want to associate with K-pop but continues to work with K-pop idols, loves to collaborate with an artist whenever they leave a big company. I think it's his way of saying F you to the machine that shipped him back to the States when he messed up. He's been back for a while and is still an underrated contributor to the How You Wave. There's a lot of different feelings about the man and his antics, but a lot of us got our start with K-pop when someone said, well, if you like this mostly R&B and hip-hop inspired song, you should listen to Jay Park. And we were never the same. I would love to be a fly on the wall whenever Jay Park reaches out to an underutilized talent that's leaving the nest. They must be so excited to hear from such a popular artist and they might be looking forward to having a shoulder to lean on and or receiving great career advice. He must quickly interrupt as they start to share a horror story from their practice room days, and he must say, look man, I was just wondering if we could work together. I don't really do all that. But isn't it a little melodramatic to follow collaborations with former K-pop idols with the same enthusiasm that a personal injury lawyer might follow an ambulance? I think so. I think he's messy and lives for drama. Anyway, the song was also great, and I like the harmonies in the song. I would have personally preferred for Jay Park to sing instead of rap, but I usually prefer a singing Jay Park anyway. While Jay Park's performance had his trademark boyish bravado, I found his breathy rap distracting, and it took me out of the casual, cool vibe of the rest of the tune. When he finally sang that he could do it every day, I was wondering if she actually could, because he seemed a bit parched and exhausted, but that's just me. 
However, I enjoyed the solo part that he sang. I felt that his reedy voice complemented Minzy's warmer and fuller voice, so their harmony sounded beautiful. Unfortunately, I did not care, and I still don't care for the ballad. I get that Minzy's team wanted her to have a song that showcased her vocals, but she's pretty much been doing that throughout the entire mini-album. It's not like she shows us anything new other than some high notes, and the song's composition doesn't seize these moments and use them to give the track any emotional weight. While Minzy's performance is good, it's just that it lacks emotion. So while I'm given some somber music and English phrases that tells me it's a breakup song, I don't really feel bad for our girl. She'll cry during the weekend, binge watch Gilmer Girls, and move on with her life by Monday morning. Then again, I don't like ballads in general. I'll only receive them from the girls that have big sweater energy. That's I, you, Tan, and so you. The rest of y'all are given the freedom to sing anything else. The mini album ends with the English rap of Ninano. Yeah, I said what I said, the English rap of Ninano, which we did not need. I admire Klosik, who's Korean-American, for making the conscious effort to primarily rap in Korean when he appeared on Show Me the Money. He was determined to have a better grasp of the language and serve the market he was in, and it seems that his work has paid off. Unfortunately, his skills at rapping in Korean did not translate to the English rap. It doesn't play with the rhythm as much, so it's less fun. I felt like he lost the confidence that he initially gave us in the Korean version. I also don't get the point of just having the rap be in English. If they couldn't come up with the full English version, they should have kept this in the drafts. Unfortunately, the mini album ends with a soft dud. Now let's rank the songs. The first two songs are great steps towards an amazing music career, so I place them on the second tier. I enjoyed Superwoman more than Ninano, so I felt that the mini album could have had potential. These songs are definitely going on the playlist. However, when In came along, we dipped into the third tier. It was nice to have the 21 sound, but with Minzy not blowing me away with her solo song, Min However, when In came along, we dipped into the third tier. It was nice to have a 21 sound, but with Mindy not blowing me away with the earlier solo song, Superwoman, which was the only solo song at the time. Now let's rank the songs. The first two songs are great steps towards an amazing music career, so I placed them on the second tier. I enjoyed Superwoman more than Inano, so I felt that the mini album could have had more potential. It seems like the album was going in a positive direction. With those warm thoughts in mind, these songs are definitely going on the playlist. However, when In came along, we dipped to the third tier. It was nice to have the 21 sound, but with Minzy not blowing me away with her solo song Superwoman, I felt that she was hiding behind her group. Again, it seems like a step backwards. If the earlier songs and their corresponding performances had been better, I would be glad to have a trip down memory lane to see how far she's come. As I was waiting to be really impressed, Ng only showed me that she still hasn't left the shadow created by her group and her group members. However, it's a nice song, so I'm still buying it. Flashlight is also in the third tier. 
but I'm not buying this one. It would have been fine if not great if Jake Park had it stolen the show and then lost the plot completely with the wrapping. Unfortunately, we have to skip right down to the ocean floor for what I believe is our first entry in the forgettable category. The song is good, but it got lost in a sea of good, if not better, songs. Rest in Power Ballad I would have arranged this album differently. I would have started with Minano, then Flashlight. It would have gotten the collaborations out of the way and made the listener anticipate hearing Mimsy shine on her own. In that scenario, I think Eam would have been a welcome surprise and a great blast from the past, and I probably would have enjoyed it more. Then we could have ended on a hopeful and triumphant note with the project's crown jewel, Superwoman. Mindy would be the hero that rescued herself from YG Entertainment, and we would look forward to her very long and successful music career. With this arrangement, we wouldn't have noticed the second problem with Mindy's solo career so far. Her songs are good, but as a casual fan, I expect more. In spite of less impressive comebacks like Lovely and Tiamo, I'm still anticipating what Minzy does next. However, I'm taking off half a point for each time Minzy became a feature on her own song, as well as an entire point for Beautiful Lie. I'm also taking away a point for the album's arrangement as I just did someone else's job. With that said, I feel comfortable giving Minzy's first mini-album 7 out of 10 monochromatic outfits. She looked and sounded great, and it's nice to see her doing what she loves. I first saw Britney Spencer on Common Hymnal's YouTube channel. I liked her voice, and I appreciated what Common Hymnal brought to the table as a more progressive worship collective. I listened to their podcast, and all I got from it was that Britney is the heart and soul of the entire operation, so I just decided to listen to her solo music. She released an EP called Compassion in 2020. I was intrigued by the name and timing of this body of work, so I want to discuss my journey listening to it. I was pleasantly surprised from the beginning. I love that we get cute country vibes in the first half of the EP. For a project that alludes to social issues, it sounds very warm and cozy, at least in the beginning. The album starts with Compassion, which is a good social issues song. Britney talks about poverty as well as child hunger, and she encourages us to not just scream for change, but to show kindness to the people around us. It really surprised me. Given that this album came out in mid-2020 and she seems to be very liberal, I didn't expect a song that was so mellow, simple, and hopeful. I'm glad that she may have used any preconceptions that people may have had about her or this album and used the first song to offer practical steps for change. With the information overload, we can be overwhelmed with the infinite problems of the world and the countless organizations that claim they have a solution. This song offers a respite. It offers a well-documented problem that's familiar and advises that we start moving with compassion. Wherever your heart breaks, let it lead you to find one reputable organization that's impacting your world. This song toes the line between actually saying something 
and being so sweet that non-black people can sing it and gloss over any topics that make them uncomfortable. Because it's so balanced, it makes it curious for what she'll say next, so it's a great album opener. Compassion is followed with, darn right, you're wrong, which continues a theme of cute yet thoughtful summer tunes. In this song, I'm loving the instrumentation and Britney's vocal performance. Her voice is sweet and poppy, which is perfect for the bouncy lyrics. I appreciate the universal application of the next song, Sorry's Don't Work No More. This could be a song about social issues, or it could be about any breakdown in a relationship. There are those relationships that are irrevocably damaged. It's so easy, quote-unquote, when you're the one who's traumatized, but being the perpetrator and knowing you hurt someone, that stings in a different way. Brittany points to a key problem we've all faced when we're wrong. We refuse to admit fault because of our pride and our lack of compassion. To accept that someone else has been wrong means that we not only have to take in their pain, but we have to experience our own pain from acknowledging that we caused someone harm. And we have to accept the shame of the reality that we're not decent people all the time. The weight of guilt and the helplessness of knowing that words can never be instead can be strangling, and I think that Brittany captures how useless one can feel. The album ends with its heavyweight thoughts and prayers. This is the most explicit song in that it directly addresses the issue of domestic terrorism in the United States and talks about how our leaders care more about conserving power than protecting human life. I'm a proponent of gun control and I thought this song delivered the sadness and anger that can come from seeing our leaders fail us time and time again. Most of the stranger danger that people love to talk about are fantasies based in prejudice. A lot of the trauma people have faced come from the people in their everyday lives, and people allow politicians to point the finger at others instead of calling for systemic changes in their own communities. Instead, the same local leaders are elected and wring their hands as outstanding problems remain unaddressed, and people with criminal histories or mental issues are able to legally buy guns. Nothing is done to stop crime by giving money to local organizations that want to provide education or other forms of social support. And so many people refuse to take care of their mental health, and many can't afford to, even if they want to. These gaps in our legal and healthcare systems create future perpetrators. It's easy to dismiss the many perpetrators as crazy one-offs instead of doing the harder work of acknowledging that they're victims who have created other victims. Back to the actual song, I love Brock and Brittany's voices together, I love the lyrics of the song, especially in the chorus. So, I sing to the only home I've ever known. I'm asking her how far we've come. I live in a nightmare American grown, where we let the good die young. This EP gets an additional point for song arrangement. Every song has more impact than the last, so someone who may not be as progressive as Britney could be open to the message of the final song by the time it rolls around. This album felt very intentional in message and delivery, and I appreciate that attention to detail. Now that I've gone through all the tracks, I'm ready to rank them. I enjoyed the album thoroughly, but there were no top tier hits. 
However, the first two songs, Compassion and Darn Right You're Wrong, had thought-provoking lyrics and captured the warmth of summertime. I can't wait to purchase these songs, so I placed them on the second, or On Time God, tier. I cheated a little with the second song. I like the bounce of the lyrics, but this song is a little harder to immediately recall. However, I really enjoyed her delivery of the lyrics and the song in general, so I'm keeping it up here. While the lyrics for Sorry's Don't Work No More and Thoughts and Prayers were powerful, these songs are not the smoothest listen musically for me, so they're a little lower on the tier list, even though I place these songs on the Lord Move Move Me tier, which I usually reserve for songs I'm not sure about, I'm definitely buying them. Fortunately, there's not a song I disliked or had no feelings for, so there were no songs in the Dive or Ocean Floor tiers. This album is a solid 8 out of 10. None of the songs blew my mind necessarily, but I feel like that was on purpose. I think that Britney wanted to create songs that seemed laid back on the surface so the listener could focus on the thoughtful lyrics, and it works. Just because the songs seem simple don't mean they're not expertly performed. Every song was very enjoyable to listen to, and I love Britney's voice. It's light and warm. Even though it was a summer album, it was a nice surprise for fall, and the message for this album is perfect for any time of year. Let's open our hearts to not only receive other stories, but to redefine our own. Are we truly the victim all the time? Where do we need to reflect and change in our own minds? Social justice starts with small steps towards personal growth and that overflow will lead towards change in the world around us. Lord, I thank you that I've been able to have this podcast for over one year now. I thank you for giving me the courage to come back and share my heart with the listeners over these past few months. I thank you for those who listen to you and support my work, and I pray that you will bless them for their kindness. They have no idea how much they've moved me, and I pray that you will send people who will reflect the love and openness that they've shown me. This time of year can feel so lonely, and it can be so easy to compare our situation to that of others and look at what we lack. Lord, you see our heart's desires. You see how we long to be seen, known, and accepted. I pray that you will send love our way, and you will prepare our hearts to receive it. Help us to never doubt how much you care about us. Help us to never shy away from your love because we feel that we're undeserving. As this year comes to a close, I pray that you will set us free of the pain and shame that has kept us from claiming the life that you've planned for us. We cannot imagine the abundance of peace and joy that you can offer us, and we cannot fathom the depth of your mercy for us. I pray that you will help us to show compassion towards ourselves and others, so that we can receive your unmerited favor with gratitude and humility. May the holidays be full of wonder, and may we look to the year ahead with hope that the best is yet to come. It's over? Can this podcast go on forever? At the right price? I'll consider it. Check out previous episodes of the podcast. If you're on YouTube, you'll see some on the screen. And listen to the rest of this episode on Patreon for just $5 a month. I'll see you there.